0: Love Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Tom Stevens Show, and I am your host, Tom Stevens, a psychotherapist here in Houston, Texas. Been in the field just over 18 years, have a lot of experience working with children and families, and we have created a talk show for you. A chance to have your very own therapist on board to answer your questions, to talk about Big Time Relevant Topics, and man, do we have one tonight. I am so excited because we have some really cool guests, and we're going to talk about something that is becoming more and more a part of our world, and that is blended families. So many of us either come from one or know one. I think everybody does. And uh, why not talk about it? And we're going to bring the experts in to talk about it tonight. But before I do, because we only have an hour, I want to tell you a little bit about our show and how you can get a hold of us and bring my assistant Kelly in here for a a minute. But I want to welcome you all. It is really cool to be here tonight on a Monday night and um, just talk about life and what a blended family is because I've got different pieces Uh, our definitions of what blended families are, and hopefully we'll have those experiences tonight. Anyway, I'm going to bring in my co-host, Kelly, right now. Uh, Kelly, you there? I am.
1: Good evening, everybody. Are you hearing
0: me okay? Am I hearing okay now? Is my sound better?
1: Yeah, it sounds much better. It was just going in and out a little bit, but you're good now. You know,
0: if my sound goes in and out, I need somebody to call me. Otherwise, Kelly, I'm just sitting here talking to myself, which you know I have no problem doing for an hour
1: absolutely i'll I'll keep you on your toes don't worry
0: kelly has put me on mute many a time i know people she won't tell me but she'll just listen to me talk and then when i'm done she'll say all right that sounds good let's go (laughs) kelly is my assistant she handles everything day to day she answers the calls that come to my office she books the appointments she sets up the talks i do and She helps run this show. She's the one that you are going to talk to when you call in, and she'll get your question. And if you want to call and ask a question, you can. If you want to call and just listen, you can. But, Kelly, give them all the information so they can call in tonight because we have some really cool guests.
1: Absolutely. Um, If you are listening via the web, we would love to hear from you, and you can give us a call at 347 838 Nine seven three seven and if you have a question, all you have to do is hit the number one and it will cue me and I will get on the line and talk to you and see what you have uh what your question is for the evening. So we would love to hear from you. If you have some a question and you don't kinda of have access and you just kinda of wanna sneak it in there to Tom, you can send him a twit a tweet. I always say a twit. A tweet. A twit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can tweet okay, let's him. Go.
1: <laughs> at Tom Stevens S T E V E N S L is in Larry P is in Paul C is in Cat Tom Stevens LPC we can definitely um hear hear your questions that way as well that's how you can get a hold of us tonight and if you are looking to um get in with Tom or just kind of see what he's got going on you can reach uh, find us at tomstevens.us also we have a new Facebook page It is Tom Stevens Counseling, Consulting, and Motivational Speaking. So we hope to see you there.
0: You know what? I'm still trying to figure out what a twit is.
2: Can somebody (laughs) tell me what
0: a twit is? Oh, my heavens. Okay. Goodness. Let's talk about, before we get to our first guest, because uh, they're lining up fast here. Kelly, the show's coming up. i got to at least give... uh, Plugs to that because Thursday we've got a really cool one with some uh, routine stuff, and then next Monday's super exciting with Kelly Volkley. So tell us what Thursday and Monday are, at least.
1: Yes, Thursday we are um, going to be going over bedtime and eating routines, and that is just something that, especially with summer coming upon us. Um, that is something that we really need to get get really structured with and, and find out what's going on with that. So I'm really excited about that, being a mother of three. And on Monday, very, very exciting. We've been working with Kelly Buckley, uh, Buckley on um, a book that he wrote about understanding children's dreams. So that is really exciting. Really, all of our Monday sh- evening shows are just going to be rocking. On um, the 16th, we have a, a child psychologist on, which is going to be exciting. And then on the 24th. Um, which while I'm sucking down my Mai Tais on the beach of Mexico, uh, Tina Fuller will be on, and she's an author of an amazing book about having narcissistic parents. So that's going to be really exciting.
0: Yep. Anybody who's got those self-consumed parents, I think we would all say we've had that at some point. But, hey, she's going to tell us exactly what it is so we can clear up whether we had that narcissistic parent. And you know what? If we did, then she's going to tell us how to deal with them. So, Kelly, great lineups, beautiful shows.
1: Absolutely. Very exciting, very exciting.
0: All right. Do you want to, uh, like, uh, do you know many blended families, Kelly?
1: Do I know many blended families? You know, it's funny. Um, My mom and I talk about this a lot. You know, growing up, My brother and I were really lucky. We were with uh, most of our friends. Their parents were were married. They never had gotten a divorce. They were with the same spouse that they um, were married to when they first had kids. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I'm not sure how many of those families really were together for the right reasons. But but no, really, I don't know many blended families. I was really trying to think about it, and there's really not many I know.
0: Well, the weird part is, I I mean, there are statistics – all over the place for this, and I don't know how many of them to believe because I'm just going to kind of throw some of them out and I'm going to let the real blended families tell us what it's like. But this one stood out that said over 60%, well over it said, 60% of blended families fail, most within the first few years. And I have to tend to agree with that because I think it takes probably even a stronger commitment, a stronger um, drive and a work ethic to make a blended family work than anything else, you know, because you're the the more you mix the pot, the more you bring people in from different environments, right? Especially uh, when they've already got a history, it's got to be tough. So we're going to talk about the good and the bad tonight. The good meaning what's so cool about coming out of a blended family and the bad being what are the biggest challenges that you really have to face you know it's like going on a diet kelly and how often do you go on a diet and then within a week there is a birthday party and you (laughs) got to go and there's cake and there's food and drink and fun right
1: absolutely
0: yep you got to really have your a game on so kelly you go take care of the the callers i am going to get to our first guest here in a second and i'll join you back in about half hour
1: sounds great
0: all right kelly thanks Uh uh-huh okay now I have a, a special guest who's an author coming on a little bit later tonight after my first guest uh and uh but I wanted to before I get my special guest on who uh, actually works she is an a professional that works with step families she is the stepmom coach before I got her on I wanted to kind of go to the real people and talk with them and see what in the world it takes to make a step family work. So what I did was I was fortunate enough to pull together a mom and a grown-up adult daughter who grew, who kind of their family was and is still a blended family. And I wanted to get the parents' perspective and the child's perspective. And it's, it's not so often you can do that, but to be able to hear what a parent's viewpoint was of a blended family because they're the ones going through the kind of breakup and reformation of a family, and then the child who grew up with it that has to come in and uh, just kind of learn to adjust and, and reshift and, and make it's uh, not an easy thing. So I've invited Colleen, who is the mom, on here. Colleen McLaughlin, are you there? I'm here. Oh, and your amazing daughter, Alex Hopper, are you there? I'm here. All right, you two are brave souls. Alex, you're coming to us all the way from?
2: Los Angeles.
0: Oh, just make me sick. I can't believe she's living out there, the good life. What a place to live. We are at 87 degrees right now, 90% humidity, and I'm sweating sitting in my office. Actually, it's that warm out here. So, Long
3: long way from Texas for mom.
0: Colleen, I want you to go first as the mom and just describe y'all's family makeup, like kind of just the the birth of the blended family and who, because it, it's it's pretty involved. And I want the people to hear because you took all elements. You didn't. You don't do anything lightly, I guess, because you you just didn't kind of remarry and bring kids together. You started adding. So go for it.
3: Well, we um, when Tom asked me to come on and, and be on the show today, I kind of laughed because I, I texted him back and told him, well, I'm not sure we're a blended family. I think we're more of a scrambled family. <laughs> um, so blend, blended is very mild for what we've sort of evolved as we've evolved over the last 15 years, but I am a very blessed mom of three birth daughters, and um, now of which all think that they're almost grown. And was married for 13 years um, to their father and went through a divorce and was a single mom for seven years and was fortunate enough to marry um, my second husband who I am uh, forever with now and who had never had any birth children so he had married me um, you know a girl and three kids and took us on and had a lot himself to sort of adjust to uh, not only the estrogen level in his life going up but just the mere um having to consider for other people at all times um and everything he did. So uh we started our that was sort of the step parent um step for our family and then from there we got involved uh with an organization and uh that does non for profit foster and adoptive placement for high risk um children through child protective services and uh in a in sort of a short short version of the story fell in love with our current son who came in as a foster child and was of a sibling group of six children. Um, We were fortunate enough to have Desmond come in as a foster child and knowing that we were going to adopt him, not in any way shape or form thinking we would ever foster any other children. We just thought that we were um, physically and spiritually fortunate enough to bring in someone less fortunate than us and brought Desmond in to adopt him as our son but little did I know that God had other plans, and within two weeks of Desmond's arrival, um, we took in our our second foster child because they called me and asked me, um, not because I really gave it much thought, and uh, that, that story started for us and continued through 14 that came and went over the next five years in foster placements. And along the way, uh, we were able to hold on to four of our 14, three additional of our fourteen that came and went, and have now adopted um, three more children, and so now we are a blended family of um, three daughters, uh, which are my birth children that I mentioned, and then our son Desmond, and then three additional daughters. So probably the kudos goes to my son, who's dead smack in the middle of six women, plus a mom, and. Um, <laughs> It is actually managing to function, so we um we have been through a lot of um changes and a lot of self reflection and prayer and um, with dealing with children that had a lot on board when they came into our lives at different phases of their abuse and neglect, but also trying to manage um our own personal expectations for our birth children and how that was affecting them, and it hasn't not always been easy. So that's sort of the short cliff notes of how we all ended up where we are today.
0: And that's what I was going to say, which is so unique, that you kind of carry so many situations in. Alex, you are the oldest. I am the oldest,
2: and I know it a lot.
3: You
0: you have to tell us a little bit about what it's like having watched this whole thing happen because you were the first one, the oldest, the, the one who was able to see it probably more clearly, but also the one who was... You know the most responsible one as it grew up and left the house first, so tell us what it was like growing up in this home that that started out just with y'all and then grew to all these others. What was it like
2: well i and I think that you would everyone would agree everyone in our family is extremely type A so even before we had the four yeah. options come on, we already had a lot of personality in the house um that definitely hugs at each other's strings and then but i mean you're so right in what you said i i definitely have the perspective of being able to understand and comprehend um the different lives that were coming through our home including the ones that we are fostering and not just adopting um but i mean i have to say probably the biggest challenge but in the end that was a merit is the fact that it was really hard to um, have siblings that maybe didn't, either it was a way that they were genetically predestined because of um, the abuse that they went through with their parents or the experiences that they did have. In moments where um, there were tension or we were mad at each other, it was hard to, always, to constantly be reminding myself, well, they didn't, you know, they didn't have the same upbringing that I had. So, you know, for example, in my head, I'm like, oh, well, you should know better to them. It's not the same thing. So eventually, absolutely, but um, at the get-go, those first years, especially with the two that came in, Desmond and then um, our sister Taylor, who came in, she was a repeated foster child and then finally adopted, but not adopted until actually older than Desmond was. So um, what they had seen and what they had witnessed, um, and just the way that their survival instincts kicked in, it was like they were just always on the defensive Um, Mm -hmm. and that was tough to navigate, but at the same time, it was it was the most rewarding thing because it made me realize a lot about myself and also, um, how I treated other people that I was meeting for the first time or even friends that I'd had for years and just trying to understand and having to come to terms with the fact that people are going to love and perform to the best of their ability and, um that may not be the way that you were raised to do something initially or how you've always known it, but, um, and, you know, nine times out of 10 people do come around and come to, but I, yeah, i say that was probably the biggest challenge.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm reminded, I don't know anybody out there watches Duck Dynasty, but of course I'm a fan. And I, I hear their story. Are you and serious? Just, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. That is quality TV. And when you watch, their story because the the vain guy willie i think his name is who adopted a, bl- a multi a biracial child is what they said when he did his testimony and you see him in the clips every now and then he's not around that show too much but but he tells the story about how um <laughs> very different he looks than the rest of them um but how much they felt like that needed to be a part of their family and they did not feel complete until they you know adopted this child and And so it's a big decision for adults to make, and then I also think of somebody like Alex who grew up younger as a child than through teenage years of watching it happen that you probably get a firsthand perspective that, you know what, this all clearly does not go perfectly and all decisions were not the best, but it teaches us to have to learn kind of perseverance, I think, and really making the best or the most out of whatever situation, which probably is why it lands you out in L.A. doing all kinds of amazing things, right?
2: Right, well, and you know, and another thing, I think mom would probably agree, um, another really tough thing about it, though, is, um, I, like, I know as my brother's getting older and he's hitting those, the teenage years where everyone is anything but nice, um, it's hard because he goes, like, he's had a lot of racial issues this past year, for example, and so it's hard because I, I don't, because I'm of a completely different race, and, um, Whether or not it's right to admit it, it's definitely a privileged skin tone um, still, which is unfortunate because 2013, Mm -hmm. but it's true. And so I didn't have to go through the same issues that he went through. I didn't have to be told that I couldn't go to someone's birthday party because Mm -hmm. I was black or um, any of those things. And so it's hard. It's hard to navigate, I think, as a sibling and absolutely as a parent because Knowing the best way to go at that, I mean, you obviously can't say, I know how you feel, because you don't. Mm-hmm. And, um, and me being the oldest, I'm naturally a protector, and I, it's something that I can't protect him from or any of them from, and so um, it's tough. It's it's tough to, have to know what the right thing to say is, and in reality there may not even be a right thing, just the presence of being there for them. But, yeah, that's so, tough well.
0: Here's what I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask each of you all a question, kind of from your own perspective. But, Colleen, on yours as a mom who's gone through this tremendous explosion of a blended family, what, if somebody out there is pondering, considering, I don't know, because it can be people who are either going to foster or adopt, or it could be people who uh, are divorced and considering remarriage and aren't sure about it, how it will affect their kids, what advice would you give to any adults? Who is considering, pondering? Because some people do say, you know what? Um, maybe I need to not remarry um, and go through this, and, and that may be their best decision. Or some people may say, I'm really nervous about adopting a child or or bringing, you know, a, a different blend to our family. What what do you tell the adults out there who are either considering or pondering to really make the right decision? Because I don't know that it. it not everybody is you, and not everybody's able to. To, to do that. So, what do you think?
3: Well, sort of touching back on something that you and Kelly were talking about when you first started the show tonight about some of your upcoming topics. So the first thing I wrote down was, "Well, there's no time for narcissism in this whole blended family thing." <laughs> so, so hopefully my kids won't be calling in on that night and surprising me that I'm a narcissist because I haven't quite found that time for myself. But. um there's definitely no time for narcissism, but, you know, I get asked that question, Tom, a lot by people, whether it's people that I meet in business or just, you know, other other women um, in networking or other moms and dads um, that are raising their families or maybe are wanting to have children, couples that are struggling trying to have children, childless couples that desperately want to have a child, and, you know, they they try to they sort of all ask around the question and because they don't want to say the, the wrong thing or something that's sort of not politically correct is you know I don't know if I could do that I don't know if I could take on um, you know a black child at the age of five mm-hmm. who was drug addicted at birth and neglected and abused for the first 5 years of his life and you know is that going to t- you know and, I, and my first answer to them is you know what it's really not for everybody and it doesn't make you a bad person if it's not for you so you mm-hmm. need to go ahead and just give yourself a break and accept the fact there's there's not really a right answer but if you're if you're really willing to take the chance and go all in all in is It's sort of that you have to accept that when you're giving it, you're giving of yourself in one place, something else is always going to suffer. So it's not going to look perfect and you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And they're going to wake up a lot of mornings and not like you. And believe me, my birth children, Alex, can tell you, I'm sure many times have slammed their doors and said, I hate you um, as they were going through their teenage years. Mm-hmm. But what? A, but in a blended family, whether I think it's a stepchild or a foster child or an adopted child, what they can add to that can rip your heart out because as you're struggling through this transition with them, they add to it, and you're not my mom or, and you're not my dad. You're not my real dad. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and so you just, you really have to take, sort of take hold of yourself in that moment and accept that it's going to hurt. And for me, Mm -hmm. the way that I get through it is that it really hurts me, but I try to step into their shoes. And I know that when I fight and I'm really backed into a corner, I'll say anything I can to get myself out of that corner. And I hope as I get older, I get less and less that way. But with a child, they're going to use all their ammunition. And you have to just accept that that. Comment that that tag comment really isn't any different than your birth child saying, "and I hate you and I wish you would die." Mm -hmm. It's just they just Mm -hmm. have some additional ammunition that can absolutely be devastating. So I think you know as I've and I've been fortunate enough to be able to guide a few families through whether or not they should hold on to a foster child or take the risk of a foster child at the at the fear of maybe losing them. Um, back to my story about you know about Taylor, is Alex mentioned her sister Taylor was a three time foster child with us before she um became our forever daughter, and um we lost her three times, and we fought hard for her the third time mm-hmm. to not lose her and when we lost her the last time it was she was three, and she didn't come back to us until she was almost six, five and a half almost six um and i always wondered when she came back if taylor wondered if you know we left her or she left us mm-hmm. um but the 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 way that she's challenged my life um to trust that there there's a reason that i was in her life and it wasn't supposed to look perfect and it still doesn't look perfect um she's still very very challenging um as she and she will probably always be challenging she didn't get a really good start but um, I just, you just have to sort of give yourself a break and say, I'm in this, I love them, um, and just go all in. There's really no other way to do it. There's not mm-hmm. any other way, in my opinion, to blend a family than to make a commitment, just like in a marriage, and just go all in. You can't go nice. a little bit in. I think you can kind of join... You know, you can be involved at their schools. You don't have to be the room mom. You can, you know, go to soccer, but you don't have to be the coach. Um, but when you decide to move into the world of a child, I think you have to go all in and you have to forgive yourself first for all the mistakes that you're about to make. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's that's really what gets me through every day. Believe me, there are days today, this morning was the first morning that one of my children didn't tell me that she hated me. Um, as we got ready for the car, because the mornings are rough for her, um, and I thought, okay, we've gone—you know—once she's been here one year, and she finally, we finally had our first morning where she didn't tell me she hated me. <laughs> um, but, you know, so that's a vic- that was a victory. That was wonderful. I mean, I felt really <sighs> joyous about that as I was driving to work. You know, every, when I got to the office this morning, someone said, "How was your morning?" I said, "Great. Taylor didn't tell me she hated me." And they were like, "What?" <laughs> you know. So, so you really have to put yourself in a different. Um, a different place and you just have to accept that you're going to do this you're just going to do it and there's going to be some really messy days and you kind of have to forgive yourself and get up the next morning and do it again believe me i make lots of mistakes and i've worried a lot about my birth children i've worried a lot that i make the right decision because as i gave to these other children and they came into our lives i really questioned whether or not i had made the right decision for them but i've definitely i can say The product of my adult birth children is an example to me that I made the right decision for our family. It gave my, my girls the platform to teach them all the things that you want to teach your child at the dinner table, you know, about premarital sex, responsibility, choices and consequences. When they would hold a child that had been abused or neglected from drugs or physical abuse, They could see firsthand what it looked like to make good choices and what consequences looked like. So for me, they brought a dinner, a dinner conversation that I don't think I could have ever lectured and had the same impact as our foster and adoptive children have done for them. So for us, it was a win. Um, but it has not been less than messy. Um, it's been painful at times. It's been hard on my marriage. It's um, been hard on us individually and as a family. Um, as each of us sort of, they've moved through, my older children have moved through their teen years, it's been difficult. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to jump in, I think you just have to jump in.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, that's I, true, I, and and you did that. Yeah, You went in the I deep did. end, though.
3: Yes, <laughs> with caution from professionals and others. I, I know, I but kept jumping in. Um, but, but, no, it's also, not for everybody.
0: And I think you brought up a great point there that I haven't mentioned, which shoot i'm a therapist i should have mentioned that it always helps to have good professional guidance to have an outside perspective and to have people who kind of understand and can work with the children because i think you above all people would say you know having that resource that um, that place to count on that professional to count on it it's a it's a years across the span need it's a consultant kind of thing that you're going to need over time like you said yes because you just can't do it on your own all the time
3: well and as you raise a child you know they go through all these different phases up there you know through pre-adolescence and adolescence and then pre-adult and even though they all think they're grown up as pre-adolescence but pre-adolescence but they're not you know you go through all these stages with any child whether it's birth foster stepchild it doesn't matter i think that you have to accept that there's times when you need to engage a third party. They may not have to be with you all the time. But to give yourself a resource to sit down and say, I don't really like this kid right now. Mm-hmm. And because you're not their birth parent, there can be a lot of guilt associated with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as a birth parent, you just know that you love them. Um, and, and so even though when you don't like them, you don't really ever consider that, But then I, but then do I not love them? Yeah. I found with foster and adoptive kids, when you're going through a tough time or a stepchild, that you really start, the guilt is even, you know, you already know this child's been through a lot in their life. There, there's just a lot of guilt that I seem to put on myself whenever I went through that. I don't really like you right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I would say I don't really like Alex right now, I already knew I loved her. You know, I carried her for mm-hmm. nine months and went through agonizing, Alex, if I've never told you, you labor. always me. Um, <laughs> agonizing labor to give birth to you but you know so i knew i loved her but right. you know when a when a foster and adoptive child is challenging you and telling you that they hate you and that you're not their mom and they wish they could go back to their mommy whoever you know they use their first mommy's names um mm-hmm. it 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 can be heartbreaking but you just have to sort of keep your eye focused on the prize that's and, true um, and
0: and alex i wanted to ask you because for all I don't know, I'd say adolescent and teenage people out there who are in, about to go in, or have been living in a blended family. You have got to give some perspective to them out there because if they're not listening now, they're going to go back and listen to the show a little bit later. What can they do to cope, handle, I don't know, deal with? Uh, how do they know when they need help? How do they know, like you said, when they where to turn? And so many teenagers can turn the wrong direction if they're in a blended family and let's just say it can be their ticket or excuse to act out what do you say to those teenagers out there
2: i would say and this is going to sound really simple but there's a lot to it's just always be honest um with how you're feeling in that situation and, and i think that my mom can probably attest to the fact that when we were taking in children and especially with our last adoption. I was very vocal about the fact that I didn't agree with the situation. It's obviously mm-hmm. different. I mean, I, looking back, I wouldn't change a thing, but I was seeing the toll that it was taking on my family. And it was, I think the hardest part was that I was losing pieces of my mom, or at least I felt like it at the sense, because I felt like I was losing that time with her. And when I had that time with her, she was so tired. Um, because it was a very, very stressful just stretch of time. Um so, yeah, i say to absolutely be honest, even whenever you feel like what you're feeling is emotionally and morally wrong, um, to be honest, because there's a reason that's there. And, I mean, there's a way of talking through it. And also, and, um, and another thing that actually having a blended family helped my mom and I's relationship with, because we're both people who don't like to admit when we can't fix something, particularly mm-hmm. when it's for each other. Um, is to know when to say to know when to say that I, I need third party help. When you're a teenager, you're old mm-hmm. enough to understand that sometimes when your mom is really tired or your dad is really tired, you're not gonna be getting the emotional response from them that you necessarily need all day, every day. Um, mm-hmm. because they're off dealing with a much, much bigger issue and there's only so much that one person can exert in one day. And so to know that too and and it's also a double edged sword though the parent has to be open to the fact that and not think that it has anything to do with the fact that they're bad parents because that's not the case but just that just as much as their adopted children need or their foster children need a third party yeah. so do the birth children and yeah. um, so to be able to talk about that and if you really and if you have an emotion that's there and you can't name it scream no-name emotion. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you just, you have to be honest. and But that's something that you personally, and this is, your parents can teach it to you to a certain degree, but you have to be able to set yourself up to become that kind of an adult because in just a few years' time you will be going to college and then you'll be graduating yeah. from college before you know it. And so, mm-hmm. and that's whenever you start to parent yourself in a sort of way. And so, um you know, use there's so much support there I would say probably for most of the families that would be listening and so um, obviously you're already smart because you're listening. So um just that's I guess that would be the advice I would give them is just speak up. You know
0: what? Y'all have some level heads on y'all for some the families that y'all have grown up. So kudos to y'all. You know, thank you for sharing that story and And I know a lot of people are going to listen to this and, uh, you know, I think get some inspiration for it. And and I will probably do a follow-up show to it to get you all back on, too. So thanks, Colleen, Alex.
3: Thanks, Tom. It was wonderful being on the uh, show.
0: Thank
3: you. Yep, Alex, it's
0: good talking to you. Enjoy that uh, 70 degrees.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It is at 72, and I'm going running at 7 o'clock at night. I'm loving it. (laughs) Oh, you
0: know what? Just go have your fun. Whatever.
3: (laughs) Thank, thanks, right, guys, thank for you this all. narcissistic 30 minutes. I appreciate it. I'm going back Absolutely. out into the war zone.
0: <laughs> Tune yeah, in in a couple oh, of weeks. And, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, thank you all for being on the air, and, and keep listening. Thanks, Tom. Will do. Right, thanks care. so much. Bye-bye.
3: Thanks. Bye.
0: That was Colleen and Alex's mom and daughter duo that are the actual on-the-front-lines people. And that brings me to my, my featured guest tonight as far as a professional goes. Uh, because I wanted to bring the parents and the children in as kind of that featured, you know, front line, like I said, and then bring, you know, a person who works with parents every day. And uh, I just think it's going to be cool. My next guest is Claudette Chenever. She is the stepmom coach. And I got to tell you, she has a lot of stuff going on. And if you are a stepmom, a step parent, about to enter a step family, considering it pondering it she is the one that you want to go to because she has an ebook out that is 31 days to better communication she does one-on-one coaching for blended families she uh, is going to have virtual programs in the fall she is based out of virginia but you don't need to go to virginia to see her she is going to have programs out this fall and she actually also is a part of a blended family herself with uh marrying her husband, bringing her son and two daughters from her husband into her family. Claudette, are you there?
4: Yes, I am. Hi, Tom. Oh, thank you
0: so much for waiting. I I was so glad we got the the mother-daughter combo there before because it sounds like they've gotten some good help and they've stayed in really good communication to be talking, you know, so highly of what they've been through. You are the stepmom coach. You're the one that deals with probably a lot of the problems, issues, conflicts that come up in step families, right?
4: Exactly. And I have to say, um, I want to honor Colleen and Alex for being here because, you know, what they shared, I, I hear that a lot, and they've done an amazing job as parents and, and children um, of doing what they needed to do in order to make their family work. And, uh, you know, no matter how long you've been in a family, you're always going to have some kind of struggles or issues. You could be married for 50 years and you're still going to have some struggles and issues. (laughs) That's human nature. That's, you know, as soon as you put two individuals into one uh, family setting or a room or where there's going to be some uh, contradictory um, perspectives on on things, and, and that's normal. But when you have this kind of family that not only did she marry a man who did not have children, he became a stepdad to her daughters. They invited children that had issues and troubles. And so just that alone is very challenging.
0: That kind of brings me to my first question for you, Claudette, because, you know, as a therapist, I see people all the time. And there are... Uh, some things that as much as I know or as much as I've been trained or as much as I'm able to, you know, work with families, that not being in a blended family, I can't do the same as a person who has actually been through that. And so tell me, as a person who works with all these blended families, what is the most common thing, question, issue, conflict, let's say, that people come to you with, that it's just like, you know, all those blended families out there would say, you know what, that is exactly what happens in our home. What is the biggest issue that comes at the joining of a blended
4: family? Well, the first thing that, you know, that a lot of people come to me is they say, you know, I don't feel like a fit in, especially if it's a step-parent coming into a relationship or someone who doesn't have children coming into a family, what they're telling me is that I don't fit in. Uh, I don't feel I belong. Um, I feel like an outsider. And that, you know, as Colleen was sharing her story, I could sense the children, the foster children and the adopted children that they brought in, they must have felt exactly the same thing. And so the one of the things that as human beings we want we want to belong to a group to someone to feel that we we are a part of a group and so it takes time to merge and i like the word merge when we talk mm-hmm. about families because when you're talking about bringing two people with children from either or um previous relationships for either couple, you know you're merging the people into coming in, becoming a family, meaning that you're bringing in the history of past relationships, cultures, traditions, rituals, and you're trying to all fit it in so that everybody has their own identity, but you're creating a new identity within this family. And so I often uh, talk about merging families together into creating a new family. So the one thing that I hear most frequently is that people don't feel they belong. You know, well, that's,
0: and that that really it, it makes clears it up for me why you would name your book <laughs> 31 Days to Better Communication because I'm guessing that one of the things you tell them right off the bat or at least over time is, the better y'all communicate, kind of like Colleen and Alex are talking about, whether you hate each other or you are thinking the other one's crazy, the better you communicate and at least get it out, the more the family stays together. I almost think when communication stops, I say this to parents of teenagers all the time, if you're not communicating, it's worse than if you're fighting because mm-hmm. then you've really lost it.
4: Oh, definitely, because what happens is, it's impossible to never communicate, right? It, you may not communicate with words, but you're communicating right. with your body language. And so mm-hmm. if you're disengaged, and this happens often within step families, is that people get so upset or tired or angry with one another that they disengage. Now, when you disengage from one another, the message that people are, are giving is I'm not important, I'm not mm-hmm. lovable. I'm not good enough. Um, they hate me, uh, and so they're creating this internal dialogue within themselves that no one is able to verify or clarify. Is this true? Is this does this make sense? There's no perspective adjustment being done during this internal dialogue.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So I have a question for you, but. Uh, that was emailed in to me earlier today I wanted to ask you. But before I do, if anybody wants to call in and ask Claudette a question, do it at 347 838 Again, that's 347-838-9737. Claudette, here was a question that came in from a parent earlier today emailed to me uh, yes. in a blended family. She said, as a stepmom, what is it that I can do To communicate to my, well, really, my birth children and my stepchildren that I'm here, that I want this family to be happy and together. And In other words, how can I communicate it when these children kind of have been thrown into a situation that maybe they don't always choose and maybe they're not really happy with, but Mm -hmm. sometimes they just want me out of their lives, especially because they're adolescents. But I know that's probably not the best. What can I say that will at least get them, you know, without lecturing to them?
4: Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of times people are focusing on what they need to say. And I tell people that, you know, communication is also what you do. So, so, So especially if you're talking with teenagers, you know, they don't want to be lectured. They don't want to be told what to do, but they do want parents in their lives more than people really believe or understand. So the one thing I tell them is, like, especially in a step family where there's a lot of children, try to do take some one-on-one time with each of the kids. It may not be easy, but really it's so important. And I'll share our story. My husband and I, um, because of our kids, uh, when we moved from Canada to Virginia, our kids were – um, weren't seeing their other parent as often as they had when we lived in Canada. So we had made some special arrangements and everything. And so we realized that the kids were acting up a lot more than normal. So for them it was part of their way of telling us by acting up that they weren't happy, they weren't satisfied, they were missing their other parents, they were missing their friends. And so what we started to do is having one-on-one, quote-unquote, dates with our kids, and we'd rotate. And those are the things that our kids today remember the most and appreciated the most because they felt we took time to be with them, to listen, and we just talked about ordinary things. And once in a while, you'd have a very serious conversation coming out of those one-on-one outings.
0: Wow, very good. See, that's the, I always talk about pursuit, parents pursuing their children, and especially in a blended family, that when children feel like your parents are pursuing you, they they desire a relationship, Mm -hmm. no matter whether you care or not, it, it makes children feel good, it makes them feel like they're important, and even if they push you away, push you away, push you away, there's that one time. That you'll get through, and that's really cool. Can I flip that though, and, and ask you about yeah. the children, and let what would you say to children, adolescents, teenagers? Kind of your little word of advice to them that you know they're going to sit in front of you and say, "Man, I didn't ask for this. I don't want this. I mean, you know, how? Why am I supposed to bend over backwards to, you know, make it like this is great and yippy and fun, and here we are in the Brady Bunch, and yeah. everything's all happy? How, I don't like it. I'm not happy. What tidbit or advice would you give to children, adolescents, or teenagers that that helps them understand their role or what this blended family is about, you know?
4: So the one thing I would tell them, that it's true they did not choose to be in the family. They did not choose to have these siblings that they may not even like. And, you know, you don't need to love everybody but I do um, suggest that you work really hard at respecting because respect is earned, and you also, to earn respect, you also have to give it. And so it goes both ways. And remember that, you know, one day you're going to leave this home and build your own family. Now, what kind of family do you want to have when you grow up? And so, you know, We don't know it all. Even if as teenagers we think we know it all, we know where we're going, we have all the answers, the truth is, you know, your parents are doing the best they can with the information they have. And so if there's something you don't like in the family, the dynamics, the way it's going, you really need to step up and share with your parents and not in a mean way because no one likes to be yelled at or screamed at because you won't be able to hear that message. But if there's something that's really bothering you and you really want to have someone to listen, set a time to talk. You no, schedule an appointment if you have to and tell your parents, hey, mom, dad, um, I'd like to have like 30 minutes with you guys to talk about something. And be specific about what it is you want out of them. So if you're looking for advice, ask for it. If you're just looking for someone to bounce ideas off, say it. You know, a lot of times my son um, didn't enjoy having conversations with me because he knew the kind of work I was doing, and then he would say, oh, mom, stop coaching me. I don't want you to be analyzing me and stuff like this. And so I would tell him, okay, Tell me specifically what it is you want from me, and he say he would say just listen, you know, just be there, just, just be you here, and that that's was interesting important. because
0: it it sounds like what you're saying is it doesn't even have to be their way. They don't have to get their way, and and they can deal with it and tolerate it. But just understand that this is not easy for them. That's what it sounds mm-hmm. like.
4: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not easy. It's not. The thing is, whenever you're in a relationship and being a teenager on its own, whether you're a step blend, whatever it is, just a normal teenager, it's challenging. You have Mm -hmm. because you're trying to identify yourself. Who am I? Where, you know, who, where do I belong? And when you're in a step family, you often ask yourself, well, you know, am I like my mom, am I like my dad, am I like my my siblings, who am I supposed to listen, who am I supposed to like? So it's really challenging. And, you know, the people in your life are there to support you, and although it may not always look like it, you know, just find a way of asking specifically yeah. what it is you need
0: Perfect. Claudette, we've got a caller on the line, but I want to give the number one more time. Area code 347-838-9737. Again, area code 347-838-9737 if you want to talk. Uh, We have a caller right now that's called in. Cynthia, are you there? Hey. Hey. Tell me what you got.
5: Um, I just wanted to share my opinion on blended families because that's Tell like, me
0: what it is.
5: I just I think from my experience because it's um I have an older stepbrother from my dad. Um, from my dad's um when married and he Yeah. Um, but I just wanna share my opinion on blended families because it's it's really, really hard.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, tell me the hardest part. Like, okay, so you've got an older brother, you said, stepbrother. And what is the biggest challenge? Because you didn't decide to have this step family, So what is so tough about it? Because there's a lot of people that understand what you're going through, but a lot of people don't understand exactly what's so hard. It's just more people.
5: I think the hardest thing is getting used to having the person there. I guess you're used to having your – blood related family with you and then when your parents split up it um you're split and you're used to having those people and then when more people enter your life you're not used to having them there and you don't know how to react to them or communicate with them
0: i mean that is so good cynthia what a great comment because caught that's the part of Uh, this isn't just a new baby that was born into my family. This is somebody who all of a sudden is in my family. She's saying that's older than me Mm -hmm. and I don't know all their ins and outs and what they're like and what they're not like. And, and plus, I kind of liked my family the way it was. And now all of a sudden I've got their family with mine, you know?
4: Yeah, Mm -hmm. And I hear you, Cynthia. I mean, for, for, uh, kids like you, teenagers and, and, uh, you know, whether you're older or younger, it is hard because, you know, you want stability, you want security, you want to know that, you know, there's a routine, there's things that you used to do that's always going to be there. So predictability in your family and stability is really important for most children. And now that's not there. And it's especially hard if your stepbrother comes in and out of the home like going to his other parents uh, every other weekend or during the weekend he comes over to your house every other weekend. So it's there's never some continuity in in the family. So it's challenging. And so, you know, and sometimes when you come together, you may never really enjoy the relationship with your stepbrother because there's so, mu- so much gap. So one of the things I suggest is, you know, find something that you and him like to do. It could be movies. It could be games, um, you know, going biking or or swimming, some sport or activity you both enjoy doing, and see if that will help, you know, break the ice in getting to know one another a little bit better.
0: Yeah, Cynthia, yeah. you know what I just heard? thought it. say, she, which I loved because I didn't think I would hear her say that, is sometimes you may never really enjoy the relationship that you have with your stepbrother. And, yeah. you know, it may be something that it's kind of like we do with our jobs sometimes as we grow up or different relationships we have or sometimes our in-laws, uh, extended parts of our family. But we learn to get along and we learn to have a relationship and we learn maybe to not – um, expect so much out of it or to lower our expectations and to appreciate what we're going through instead of making it that much harder because Cynthia what I wonder is you know what is it if you could give the advice of what to do to fix it what would help things be better and not so hard and stressful like can you think of anything that would actually help
5: I think for me what really was. Liked- when I like when I had my first like when I was first step stepbrother, we fought constantly. Mm. It was just fight after fight after fight, and I think now that we've grown a little older with each other and found more interest with each other, we are starting to like we're starting to understand each other a lot more better, and we have a better relationship now. Wow,
0: that's really cool. So you're hanging in there and you're actually giving it a try. Yes. Cynthia, thanks so much for calling in. we got to give a crowd applause for that. that awesome. Thank you for calling in. And, and you know what? That's part of what you talk about, Claudette, that you just have to learn to hang in there and you have to learn to um, maybe find new ways. And like she said, we fought and fought and fought. And you know what? Sometimes, okay, I'm the therapist here, so I'm the one that's thinking, well, that can be like, you know, the alpha dogs in the room trying to figure out whose territory this is and who's going to take what role. And I'm sure that yeah. happens in blended families.
4: Oh, yes, yes. Especially when the roles of the kids are changing. Now, remember, when I my an example, my son was a single child before I met my husband. And my husband had only two daughters, so he had an oldest and a youngest. So when we came together, all of a sudden the roles, or the you know, the, the where the kids played in the family all changed. My son all of a sudden was no longer a single ch- uh, an only child. He became the baby, and the baby of my husband's quote unquote family became a middle child. And the oldest stayed the oldest, but of another sibling. And so that was really challenging, and it happens all the time. It's just we don't think about, you know, when kids are reversing roles and being oldest, youngest, middle, only child, it's really, really difficult for them.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Claudette, we are flying out of time. I have two minutes left for you. And I want to save it with Claudette Chenevere, and I, I want you to just tell the people your website, your Facebook, your your Twitter, your things coming up, your book, just, just kind of talk a little bit about who you are and where people can find you so they can get better advice.
4: Well, thank you, Tom. I really appreciate this. Um, so for anybody who wants to find out more about my work and my my program, you can go to www stepmomcoach.com, and there you will find a lot of information. There are some free articles and some downloads you can get. I'm also uh, on Twitter, and so you can find me at stepmomcoach, and that's on Twitter. Facebook, that you'll find me under Stepmomcoach. Or if you just Google "stepmom coach," you'll probably be the easiest way to find me all over the place because I'm on Google Plus. I'm in LinkedIn. So that, you know, if you yeah. if you're having trouble, just Google "stepmom coach" and you'll find me.
0: How about that? When they coined the term "stepmom coach," Claudette, you came up first. You are, she is the stepmom coach, and she is going <laughs> to help you find your way. In a step family, and the beautiful part Claudette, that is different than eighteen years ago when I started doing this was that people can find you from anywhere, and you don 't have to be in Virginia to meet with Claudette. You can do it from here she 's going to have some uh, online courses correct in the fall that people are going yes. to be able to attend
4: exactly beautiful. we're starting a a group. A step mom step parenting group in the fall. I'm also going to be hosting. I'm going to Ohio in July to speak to a group of step moms, and uh, we're all working on creating a live event in uh, Tyson's Corner in October. We haven't finished setting the dates, but if you go to my website when those are ready and scheduled, you'll be able to find out. And you know, I love speaking to groups. And to anybody who wants to hear more about step families and, stepmoms and step moms and stepdads, I love talking about it, so beautiful
0: that, Claudette mm-hmm. I just I can't thank you enough for being on the show. She is a step mom coach she has an e book thirty one days to Better Communication. She is a step mom in a blended family herself, and she is doing all kinds of things. Claudette, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, and I hope we can do it again. I'd like to have another show. Following up a little bit later this summer and have you back on. How about that?
2: I would love
4: that. That would be awesome.
0: Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Claudette, there? And Claudette we will talk to you soon. All right, folks, that's going to just about do it for tonight. Kelly, are you there? I'm there. I'm Ellie, here. What a show. It is jam packed. We've had great guests and great information for anybody in a blended family. Um, just, you know, I learned a lot myself listening to the people who are actually in the blended families and a coach who actually works with the blended families. In fact, we're going to put up a link, I hope, on the website, tomstevens.us, to Claudette at stepmomcoach.com. And that way people can go straight to our website to find out more about the guests on our show is that right
1: that's right mary's going to take care of that go local advertising yay yay
0: i want to give that shout out we didn't even have time to get mary back on the show i'm probably over time right now but i'm going to use it up till they just cut me off that mary Lehman's at go dot has done our website and keeps doing it updating it making it look awesome go there come to us thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, where we're going to talk about bedtime routines, eating routines, all the routines in the world. Y'all, thanks for coming. We will see you next time on Thursday. Kelly, bye-bye.
1: Bye. Thanks, everybody.